just going to step back. I don't know when I'm going to open. I'm just going to take this one day at a time and kind of see where life takes me. And when I'm ready, then I'll move forward. And that was very uncomfortable for me because I like to have a plan. I like to have everything laid out and know where I'm going, what the next step is. And so I just really tried to um, just lean into that discomfort and just like let myself be, which was very foreign to me. Um, and I spent a lot of time reading, just reflecting, um, meditating, spending time in nature, um, really reconnecting with some family and friends. So one of the things that I realized during this time of extreme focus of trying to be the best in the world at CrossFit and go through medical school and residency was I became so focused on those goals that I neglected some of the relationships in my life that were really important. And I had in partnership with the morning chalk up and part of the morning chalk up podcast network. This is the Clydesdale fitness and friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Mark Your Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles. You can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights. Um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale 15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile. Every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mercury jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile, and you may be our next winner. Thanks. Okay, can we talk about the most delicious protein bars ever made? They have 20 grams of protein no added sugar. The macros are phenomenal, like 200 calories. They are delicious, like a treat. Can't believe that the macros are the way they are and that the nutrients are what they are because they taste like a candy bar. Um, and I know my candy bars pretty well. I'm like a Snickers type of person. There's no aftertaste. They have so many flavors to choose from. If you don't, if you're not a fan of the caramel cashew, they've got salty peanut. They have a hazelnut nougat. They've got a chocolate dough, a crispy fudge, um, cookies and cream, white chocolate almond. They're all delicious, but check them out at bearbells.com and uh, try some for yourself. You won't be sorry. They're delicious. Totally awesome. 
Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I am the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness and these are my friends. I have my <laughs> co-host Amy with me and a very special friend, Julie Fouché. Hi, excited to be back. <laughs> so last time you were on was May 4th of last year. Oh, uh, wow. Has it already been almost a year? Yeah, almost a full year. And uh, it's a lot has happened in that time. And a so we wanted, to we wanted to catch up with our friend. And so uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about is, and I'm going to embarrass Amy a little bit, is um, <laughs> for those who didn't listen to the last episode, you were our level one instructor. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so funny because Amy loves you. You are her favorite sure. CrossFit athlete <laughs> in the world. Uh, since we started CrossFit in 2011, she was all in on Julie Fouché. So we were sitting at, we were, we were sitting <laughs> at Rogue and she goes, wouldn't it be really cool if Julie Fouché was our level one instructor? And I said, there's no way. I mean, come on. And then she was facing me and I was facing uh, the door and you walked in and I went, oh my gosh, Amy, you are not going to believe this. She was, no. And her eyes got like this big and uh, she was so excited that you were our instructor. So I just had to take the time to, to tell that little story. Uh, and it, was, it was a really cool opportunity for us. Yeah, yeah, it was a great time. It was a great time. And I loved doing those at Rogue too in Columbus. What a, yeah. great, what a great place to do your level one. Yeah, I was sure you, you wouldn't be able to do it after the Achilles injury, but there you were with your boot uh, yeah. and even worked out. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so the first thing I, I wanted to talk about is back then the big story was COVID. You know, we were just kind of getting into it and you were kind of helping us explain, helping explain to our listeners what COVID meant and how it was going to affect the CrossFit world. And mm -hmm. who knew we were still going to be here a year later, still with a lot of effects from, mm -hmm. from the COVID virus. But it looks like, you know, vaccinations are taking place and we're moving in the right direction. Um, but then another big event happened really shortly after we interviewed you. And that mm -hmm. was that Greg Glassman made a statement on Twitter and the whole CrossFit world blew up. Mm -hmm. You were very outspoken at that time. And you, did you resign from the, the level one seminar staff? I did. I did. Um, I remember seeing that tweet. I think it was on a Saturday. And I remember going to bed thinking like, okay, I'm going to have to resign from seminar staff tomorrow. I'll, you know, waking up on Sunday and talking to a few people, but knowing that that was something I felt like I just had to do. Um, so yeah, I did. And you made a lot of poignant posts about how important it was uh, to stand up for what we believe in and that CrossFit is a, a great solution to a big problem, but mm -hmm. it couldn't go forward with the leadership at the time. Mm -hmm. I think that was something that, you know, it just shook the whole community. And especially, I think, you know, people on the seminar staff and people who had been involved working for CrossFit for a long time. And I, you know, I only, you know, I worked your seminar in Columbus, but I was not definitely not working every weekend. I was definitely more intermittent because of my um, residency and, and medical school and work there. But for a lot of people, um, it, this was something that hit very, very close to home um, and had been doing it for, you know, working there for 10, 20 years. And so um, it was just, it shook everybody because 
and it wasn't and I just wanted to also make the point that it wasn't the tweet I think that was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back that sort of pushed things over the edge but it was definitely um not that was not it was not all over one tweet um and so I think that the general sentiment and what I was most concerned about was just that CrossFit would go away. And I think we all have such strong passion for how CrossFit has changed our own lives and how we've seen it really change so many people's lives. And that was what my biggest concern was, was I don't want this to turn into such a big ordeal that what is so great about CrossFit disappears and is not there to be able to help people um, and reach so many more people in the future. And I think that's, you know, really what everybody was worried about. So then Eric buys CrossFit. You actually get the opportunity to sit down with him and you did an incredible podcast uh, getting into kind of what his plans were, what he wanted to change, what he wanted to do. So I want to get a sense from you. You, you were sitting across from him. Mm-hmm. What were your feelings in that moment? Do you think that Eric was going to move things in the right direction? Yes, I was very encouraged. So I had never met Eric before. I had never heard of him. I didn't know about CrossFit Sanitas. Um, And so, you know, when he was announced as the one who was going to come in and be the new CEO and um, be part of buying CrossFit, um, I didn't know much about him, but what I quickly learned was all very encouraging. And I was just sort of relieved, like I think a lot of people were, that we were going to have some new leadership. And um, luckily, I was able to meet him in July. Um, We were both in Cookville. And I was able to sit down with him and just talk and get to know him a bit. And I was extremely encouraged. I just really felt like he had, he was extremely smart. He had the right intentions. He understood CrossFit and what made it so special. And we really connected on a lot of health topics as well. And So I asked him, I think shortly after that, if he would be on my podcast and he said, okay, as soon as the deal is final, I'll come in the podcast. And so I texted him, I think the same day that I found out it was final and said, let's, let's do it. And I was so excited to be able to talk to him about the whole story because, you know, he has an interesting story and an interesting background and how he got to where he is to be able to be in this position, I think is also very interesting and and gives people some background on who he is as a person. And I, um, you know, everything that I talked to him about, I was just very encouraged. It seems like he doesn't want to change what makes CrossFit so special, but he does want to provide more support for affiliates and he does want to be able to help CrossFit grow and reach more people. Yeah, I was, I was so encouraged after listening to your podcast because he, he seemed so open. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just wanted to get your opinion because you were sitting across from him and you could, you know, it's harder it's, you get a better sense seeing someone face to face. So I've yes. seen videos of you actually working out at CrossFit Sanita since then. Yeah. So you've stayed in <laughs> touch with Eric? Yes, I've been out. There's a, a couple of times where I went out for different offsites um, where, you know, I know they've been doing a really good job of listening to the community and trying to get this right um, before making any big drastic changes. And so I've been really grateful to be part of that um, and be able to provide my insights. Yeah. And working out with all those elite athletes again, what was that like? (laughs) Oh, I mean, I don't try to keep up there, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's always a good time. I always love, I mean, it's a big adjustment for me going across this needless because I'm not used to altitude or in Colorado, you have to wear your masks 
while you're working out as well, which is different from Kentucky. So I'm always really struggling in those workouts. Right. So you personally, what do you want to see change in CrossFit as we move forward? Oh gosh, that's a great question. I think, I think probably the most important thing is that we really rally around and galvanize our community because that's what makes CrossFit so special. And so I, I want to see that continue to be nurtured. Um, and especially for affiliates, you know, I'm not an affiliate owner, so I can't really speak from that perspective, but from the ones that I know and from just my experience in affiliates, um, I think the affiliate is where the magic happens. And that's what makes CrossFit so special is those interactions, being able to be in a class, to push yourself in a workout next to somebody and do some, be vulnerable and cheer each other on and go through hard things together. That's really what makes CrossFit so special. And I wanna, I just wanna see that supported. So for affiliate owners who've been struggling, I know through COVID, I think CrossFit, they've done an, a great job of supporting affiliates through COVID and trying to do what they can to, to minimize any damage there. Although I know it's been extremely hard for all the affiliates, but um, as we kind of get through that period, really seeing CrossFit support the affiliates in, in whatever ways they want, you know, not, not changing the model, not saying you have to do things a certain way, but providing options and support for the affiliates in the ways that they want and in the ways that they feel is going to be best for their individual communities. Um, and just keeping our global community connected so that we're not all these independent affiliates, but that we are still a global CrossFit community um, and they're supporting each other. I love that because, because <laughs> the community is what brought me into CrossFit. I didn't know anything about the games or anything like that. When I first started CrossFit, I just mm -hmm. knew about the people that I was surrounded with and I just wanted to be around them more. And I think that's, Absolutely. that is the perfect answer. I think and that's where it all starts. I mean, of course there's other things that I want to see. I still want to see, you know, I think the games are amazing and an amazing display of fitness. And I want to see that continue to be supported and grow. And I love the open this year. I thought that the, the format, I really like the three weeks and the different stages. Um, so I'd love to see that continue to grow in just ways, you know, I like, I like the format because I think it did do it. It does do a good job of integrating the whole community. It's not just about the games athletes and then everybody else it's, we can all be part of this. And I think that's really important and what makes CrossFit really special. And then um, health-wise too, you know, CrossFit health was something that just got, got started the past couple of years. And I'd love to see that continue to grow and to be able to really look at CrossFit. You know, I love Eric's new mission, um, the world's leading platform for health, happiness, and performance. And I love that health is in there. And I would love to see CrossFit be synonymous with this, this description of health and not just fitness or not just nutrition, but an all encompassing um, image of what health is. And that's community. That's obviously the workouts that we do, what we put in our bodies, it's sleep, it's stress management. It's all of those things together. It's finding meaning and purpose and really being able to embody that as a CrossFit community. When I think with COVID it, it's become apparent that the healthier you are, the, the better you are equipped to handle mm -hmm. the virus if you, you come in contact with it. And Absolutely. so I think we're in a perfect position to promote that. We are, we are. This is such a huge opportunity, I think, for us as, as, as such a big community at market and for us to sh really shift that, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a fresh start for CrossFit. I think for so long, 
we have this image of being very intimidating and very intense and you know it's going to take a lot of work to shift that image and that perspective perspective but i think that this is a big opportunity to do that because we kind of do have a fresh start in a lot of ways and to figure out how we can be um you know crossfit is for anyone anyone can do it and how we can help people to see that and that's what the foot that we put forward instead of only about you know people who are super fit and who are already in really good shape well this isn't in my notes but it brought up this question to me paul tremblay released uh on social media today the beta testers they're looking for for the um at home on ramp okay are you familiar with that Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I love that concept I do that too. people get to ta- taste what CrossFit is in the privacy of their own home and see that they can do it. And then yes. I think the last class is helping you schedule within an affiliate to come in in person. Yes, I love it. I'm so excited about it. And I think there's so much potential there to be able to introduce CrossFit to a lot more people in a way that's not so intimidating. Um, and like you said, just to get a taste of it before you have to work up the courage to step in foot into an affiliate, which I think is the hardest part for more, for most people. Um, and so I'm excited about that. I think for me, even, even when I'm talking to patients who want to start exercising and I just know how much cross it would help them if they could just get into an affiliate and just, you know, get started and have that community. Um, it's a really hard sell a lot of times because it's so intimidating, even for someone who has an, an, a background as an athlete or playing sports super intimidating as I think we've talked about before. And so I think this provides a really great stepping stone for a lot of people. And I hope that, I hope that it'll be a good introduction, maybe for people who are doing CrossFit to be able to introduce their friends or family to it in a way that um, kind of moves them along and helps them see that they can do it uh, and then build up the courage to step foot into an affiliate and work with a coach. I think personally, I understand that concept so well, because I was lucky enough that my next door neighbor was a CrossFit coach and an Mm -hmm. affiliate owner, right? Yeah, so you kind of had that natural stepping stone. Right, so we worked out at home for six months before I ever stepped into a CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was a beta tester way back in 2011, (laughs) Um, but not everybody has an affiliate owner as their next door neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just think it's a really cool concept. And the coolest thing too, is that you're, I mean, the coaches in the online on-ramp are some of the best coaches in the world. They took, you know, the top um, seminar staff trainers and you're getting the best education, the best programming. Um, And so I think that's really exciting too, is you get to work with these really top-notch coaches, even if it's not the same as working with them in person. And then you do get the experience of going to an affiliate if you want to at the end. Well, now that we've solved all of CrossFit's problems, (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about you a little bit. So when we talked to you last, you were just finishing up your residency. Yes. Uh, You were going to move to Tennessee. Yes. And then you had a Mm self-realization. So I'll let you kind of take it from there and share what you want to share. Sure. So I'll just say, I mean, as we talked about, a lot has changed in the last year. And I think the last year for me has been just a year of tremendous personal growth. And I think that a lot of that, what allowed me to to grow in these ways was that for the first time in my life, I found myself without a um, thing to do in front of me. So I finished residency and I had always 
planned on opening my own practice and something, a model called direct primary care. Um, it was basically because I could not see myself working for a big system in a sort of a corporate primary care practice because I just saw so clearly how it was not, it wouldn't, it does not provide the right environment in order to be able to help people in the way they need to be helped and be healthy. Um, it's really good at sort of keeping people well on our continuum, our sick well fit continuum, their numbers looking good and prescribing a lot of medications, but there's generally just not enough time or the right environment toward, in order to be able to help people make the lifestyle changes that really do create true health. Um, and so with the direct primary care model, that would allow me a little bit more time with patients and the flexibility. It's sort of like, I like to think about it like a CrossFit affiliate model, but for medicine, it's very much like you run your own practice, it gives you the flexibility to do things the way that you feel is best for your community. Um, and so that's what I was planning, but because of COVID and because of um, just other delays, I didn't jump right into it. I said, I decided to like, okay, let me step back and take a few months and just kind of see where I'm at. And I actually had a friend who just, who just encouraged me to do that. And he said, you know, this is the only time in your life where you might have to just take some time off and like really think about what you want, where you're going in life. And, um, and it's true. I think just seeing if I had jumped right out of residency and taken a few weeks off and then jumped into a new job and working full time, I could see how, you know, 10, 15 years, 20 years could have gone by before I poked my head back up to see what was going on. And I think that happens so often. I think that's what had happened for my whole life because I've always been very much a achievement oriented person and had always been really focused on school and sports and doing gymnastics growing up. And then it was college and CrossFit. And then it was um, going straight to medical school and to residency and always sort of like, what's the next step? What's the next thing in front of you and trying to reach for that. And I do feel I have always been very sort of purpose driven and that's what connect me. And I credit CrossFit for that, for really helping me to see, wow, this is how you really create health and thinking more and questioning more about the way that I wanted to practice medicine. But I still was so ingrained my whole life to just like achieving and doing the next thing set in front of me. And so for the first time, I just said, okay, I don't have a plan. You know, I'm going to, I had plans before about opening the practice, but I said, okay, I'm just going to step back. I don't know when I'm going to open. I'm just going to take this one day at a time and kind of see where life takes me. And when I'm ready, then I'll move forward. And that was very uncomfortable for me because I like to have a plan. I like to have everything laid out and know where I'm going, what the next step is. And so I just really tried to, um, just lean into that discomfort and just like let myself be, which was very foreign to me. Um, and I spent a lot of time reading, just reflecting, um, meditating, spending time in nature, um, really reconnecting with some family and friends. So one of the things that I realized during this time of extreme focus of trying to be the best in the world at CrossFit and go through medical school and residency was I became so focused on those goals that I neglected some of the relationships in my life that were really important. And I had really, you know, I'd always felt like trying to reach a goal or competing was a very selfish sort of thing because you, you really have to be dialed in on your sleep and your nutrition and training. And I always sort of use that as an excuse. Um, but in the process, I definitely isolated myself from friends and family or like wasn't there for people when they really needed me in the ways that I felt like I wanted to. In a lot of ways, I sort of just 
numbed myself to a lot of things and kind of really was not able to connect with my heart and who I really was. And so this time was just such a gift for me to be able to kind of like get back in touch with who I was and the people and who I really, you know, what I really cared about. Could you you have ever imagined that it was going to be this deep for you when you took the break? Did, or was (laughs) it like a big epiphany once you took the break? Uh, no, I never could have imagined. (laughs) I had no idea. Um, I had no idea, but I was really just taking it one day at a time and just kind of seeing where things led me. Um, and, um, in the process of doing that, I also had, um, I had spent a few weeks in Lexington, Kentucky, and I got to know a practice here called wild health. Um, I had met the, the CEO of a year or two ago and had talked, just talked to him on the phone briefly because he was doing some similar things to what I thought I wanted to do. And it's really nice, but I got to spend more time with him and with other people um, here in Lexington and really felt like our values were really aligned. They were doing, you know, ex- really exactly what I wanted to do, but had this amazing group of people working together and um, were, had already done so much work um, sort of moving themselves in the right direction. And so that was really helpful for me too. And I ended up just starting to work with them part-time through the fall. So I still was working a little bit, but I still had the time um, that I needed to do a lot of this sort of personal growth. And, um, and so that was great. And then basically over the course of time, I spent a lot, you know, a lot of time in prayer. I think my, my faith really deepened so much. So I, I guess a little bit of background on that. I was, grew up Catholic um, and had kind of done the, the usual stuff, like went to church, went to catechism, did all the sacraments, but, and then went through the typical, when I, when I was in high school and college, kind of strayed away and was like, I don't think I can believe in this. And, um, I luckily had an incredible college roommate who really is, oh my gosh, she's amazing. She is probably, she's just one of the most amazing, um, women that I know. And also just her faith is just so incredible. And she was the one who really brought me back to believing in God and, and just me really feeling and knowing like, okay, God is there. Um, but then I kind of went back to, to practicing Catholic traditions and that, that left me feeling like I was sort of going through the motions, but I didn't really, I knew there was something deeper, but I didn't really know how to find it. And I was really frustrated by that. Like I wanted to deepen my faith, but I didn't know how Um, And that was pretty much me for like 10 years was just doing this, like, okay, I go to church, I say some prayers, but I didn't really have um, a very deep faith. And so this whole process for me, a lot of it was about like reawakening that faith or finding that faith and like really developing a deeper relationship with God and like a more personal relationship with God and just feeling and understanding how much he really is guiding everything in our lives. And even the things that are really hard, like that's when he's with us the most and is guiding us through those moments to be able to teach us the lessons we need to learn um, in a way that are so like emotional and profound that they can stick with us and actually help us to learn things and and change and be the best people that we can be. And so um, that to me was incredibly profound. And I actually just, I posted it on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago, I ended up getting rebaptized on Easter, which was just an incredible experience and something that happened really in the moment. Um, I had kind of thought about getting rebaptized, but I was at the Easter um, service that day and 
the church here in Lexington always does baptisms on Easter in the pond right next to the church in the afternoon. And I just felt like, wow, I think I'm going to get baptized today. And I went out by the pond just to look at it and prayed over there before, you know, it was a couple hours before they were doing all the baptisms. And I just felt really, I got really emotional. I just felt really strongly, wow, I think I'm going to get baptized today. And it was just such an incredible experience and sort of a, a reaffirmation of, of everything that I'd been through or kind of grown through in the previous six months. And it was such an in the moment idea for you. You didn't even have like a change of clothes. No, I didn't. I was wearing, <laughs> I was wearing like this dress and I'm like, well, how am I going to get into the river and like get dunked up to, <laughs> back with a dress without my dress falling up? So I found some pants, like someone let me borrow a pair of pants. I put over the dress, but um, that was amazing. And even I ended up talking to, there was a friend who was at the same service, but I didn't see her there, but I called her afterwards and told her I was going to get baptized. And she said, oh my gosh, I knew it. I just was in church and I was just, I just felt like Julie's going to get baptized today. That was really incredible too. I think the other thing that's been so amazing for me has just been um, really deepening the relationships, like I said, with my friends and family and like finding those people who I know are people that are, um, that I want around me that I can trust and are going to have a really positive influence on my life and that are, are not just going to tell me what I want to hear, but they're going to tell me sometimes things that are hard if, if it's what I need to hear to be better. It seems like too, that you changed your focus of being, instead of being so, you know, goal oriented to more process, mm -hmm. more focusing than on the process of whatever the journey was yes. or where the journey was taking you. Absolutely. And just really trying to be, yes, more, more present and more, um, yeah, not trying to, not even trying to worry about what the outcome is going to be or what, what's going to end up just having this like trust and this faith that if you do the right thing and you just keep kind of like doing the right thing in the moment that it's going to end up the way that it's supposed to end up and try not to be too attached to what that outcome is easier said than done, but right. <laughs> Well, you and I have talked recently and I, I went through a very traumatic time during that same time you were. Mm -hmm. And um, mine was more mental health and it was mm -hmm. a big, it was a fog. And Amy has been there for the whole thing. And she has seen me through through the, the bad times and the good. Uh -huh. And um, and when that fog lifts and, and you can kind of see clearly about your life, mm -hmm. it is funny because the goals don't matter as much anymore. It's more mm -hmm. about enjoying that journey down the road. Yes, absolutely. And I love the way you said that because I think that is, for me, that's a lot of what it was. It was, it was clarity. Like there's a lot of, true, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of fog and a lot of like, I don't know what's going on. And then eventually you have these moments of clarity and that is, or just awareness of things that maybe were previously like things that have been previously programmed into the way that I was living my life or the thoughts that I was having that I wasn't even aware of. And finally you can actually see them and you're aware of them. And um, it just helps you to sort of like redirect and, and figure out the way that you want to live your life. That's most consistent with who you are. We're going to take a short break from our interview to tell you about our newest sponsor up before you coffee. They are an amazing coffee. It is delicious, has different little notes of chocolate and things like that. Um, and it's really clean and crisp uh, when you drink it in the morning. Uh, but they have a light roast. Uh, they also have a medium roast, as you can see there. Um, we are so excited about the sponsor sponsorship. Uh, if you use Clydesdale 20, all caps, 
Clydesdale 20, you can get 20% off your order. Just go to upbeforeyou.com and uh, order your coffee. It's delicious. You'll love it. And so you moved, you moved to Kentucky and you joined mm-hmm. um, the Wild Health mm-hmm. practice um, yep. and made significant changes. Um, what has that been like? Because you, um, you grew up in Michigan and Ohio yeah. and then moved to Tennessee and now Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. I love it here in Lexington. I had been to visit a few times as CrossFit Maximus is here and I trained with Jen Smith a lot back in the day. And so um, I'd always love visiting, but uh, it's been great. I think, especially coming from Michigan and Ohio, which I love, I'm definitely a Midwest girl at heart, but I was excited to be a little bit further south and just have some more mild weather I guess but I still love the seasons I mean here right now spring is beautiful just seeing all the flowers bloom and um I love being in Lexington and the people here are great I've loved working with Wild Health um so I decided to come on full-time with them and it's just such an it's a such an amazing team and such a very purpose-driven team that um is not afraid to do things that are against the grain um, in order to shake things up and in order to be able to really provide the most cutting edge care to patients and bring the most current science to patients um, in, an, in a world where otherwise it takes 10, 20, 30 years for what is known in the research to actually catch up into patient care, they are on the forefront of that. And so it's really exciting um, to be a part of and I'm just excited about where we're going. So you had actually taken a break from social media mm-hmm. during this reflection period. Yeah. And then when you came back, I believe it was New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. you made a post saying that that people would be shocked and you're going to share some things over the, the course of the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you personally, that was so helpful to me when wow. I was going through what I was going through mm-hmm. um, to see all of what you had kind of realized and and the, the tools you're using to get better. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of want to walk through that a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so then you, you, so you shared your journey um, and then you, you had this quote, instead of looking at the mistakes, look at the blind spots that lead to the mistakes. Yes. That I, was lo- a big, I love big that thing quote. For me. It was a big thing for me. And actually that was um, in large part, that's what prompted me to, to go off social media for a while. I had a big sort of realization probably in November. Yeah, it was around November of last year where I just really, like you said, like I said before, where you finally get some clarity and awareness. Um, I always knew social media had has potential negative impact. And I had been frustrated with myself before on my like social media use time. And like, why am I spending so much time scrolling Instagram? Like everyone is. Um, but I always... And I never felt like I let it affect me too much in terms of likes and followers and all that kind of stuff. Like I always felt like, but I did feel a very big responsibility knowing that I had the platform I had because of CrossFit. I felt like a lot of pressure and responsibility to use it for good. But what it turned into was this pressure and responsibility to feel like, oh, I have to post something every day or every so often. And if I don't, like I'm not using the platform. And, and often that would lead me to just post things for the sake of posting things, even if it wasn't something that I really cared about or felt like was going to help people or have a positive impact on people. It was just like, oh, I need to get something up there. Um, and I, I was reading, even though I didn't 
didn't think that it was affecting me, it's impossible for it not to affect you to see how many likes you get on a picture or what comments people say or how many followers you have or how many people look to your story. Like those things have a subconscious impact on you, whether you want them to or not. And so I just realized, okay, this is, I do not want this. Um, it's not worth the impact that it's having on me. And so I actually went ahead and deleted my whole account in this like moment of, um, sort of emotional distress and ended up getting it back later, which very rarely ever happens. I'm extremely grateful for that. Cause I asked you five times, like, you know, once you delete this, you can never get it back and you can never use this email again for an Instagram account and all this stuff. Um, but I ended up getting it back and I just made a sort of a promise to myself that, um, I was going to try to protect myself from the negative impacts of social media and use it because I know, you know, social media is where people are. And if, if you want to, if I wanted to sort of share whatever it is that I've been through to potentially help another person, um, that was something I felt like called to do, but I wanted to try to protect myself from letting it have that negative impact. So I still don't really look at the feed. I haven't looked at the feed much. Um, I say like now, maybe a little bit, but um, I didn't look at the feed for the longest time. And even when I went back to posting um, around New Year's, I would post something and then I wouldn't look at it for a day. And then I would go back and just look at that post and read the comments and respond to the comments. But I would even like to the point where when I was first posting, I was like using my hand to cover up how many followers I had, how many likes there were, because I just didn't want that to be something that influenced my brain. Um, and even now I'm still kind of learning and navigating how I want to use it, but I feel like it is a really, it's been really incredible to be able to share my experience through this journey and then to be able to connect with people um, and just feel like, okay, everybody's going through stuff. You know, everybody's going through stuff and there's different ways that we can connect and just find support and encouragement from each other. And that's really the positive of social media. And so I think that focusing on using it that way has been really helpful. In one of your posts early on too, you also had this quote, um, which was, don't let the expectations of others define your reality. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, that was also big... easier to say than do. Yeah, extremely. <laughs> um, and it's again, one of those things of first you have to be aware of it to even realize it's happening. And I think for me, um, I always thought I was not buying into a lot of that stuff, but the more I thought about it and realized, I think through my whole life, I just, it's this achievement oriented sort of um, personality that I have where you, you just want to do a good job and you want to do what's expected of you, um, whether it's getting grades or doing well in sports or whether it's, um, you know, not doing the things that you think that you're supposed to do. And so I think that I definitely, did let that um, get in the way, especially in times where um, maybe there was just hard decisions that I that I had to make or decisions that I could have made differently if I wasn't too, so caught up in what I thought other people wanted or what I thought was expected of, of our lives. So then you made the announcement that you decided to end your marriage. And we're, mm -hmm. we're not inside edition. We're not here for the gossip of it all. <laughs> Um, but for context, that was a decision you had made, um, mm -hmm. to move forward and mm -hmm. how tough was that decision and how tough was it to, to announce that? Mm -hmm. Um, so 
kind of like you said before, where there's a lot of fog and a lot of confusion and all of this, there was definitely a, a very long period of that happening. But um, once I was able to cut through that and really get to, like I said, get back to my heart and get back to like who I was and what I knew deep down and not worry about the world, not worry about anybody else's expectations. Um, the decision was very clear. And once I knew that and felt that it was very easy for me to make the decision, even though, you know, I knew there would be, it would be difficult and there would be a lot of sort of after, aftermath. Um, but I just knew, you know, I can't keep living in a way that's not consistent with who I am. And so for me, ways that I found helpful to do that, like I said, there was a lot of, a lot of fog leading up to it, but one getting off social media, I think helped a tremendous amount because I just wasn't constantly having the influence of what all the, everybody else was doing. Um, really reconnecting with my friends and family and the specific friends, like right when in these situations, you want to get advice from the right people and knowing who those people are. And so reconnecting with a few specific friends um, who I knew, knew me and knew um, were friends that had tremendous faith. And I knew that had tried to give me advice in the past that maybe I didn't listen to, um, but we're always really looking out for my best interest and reconnecting with like my mom. That was tremendously helpful for me. Um, I did a lot. I did a lot of counseling. I found to be extremely helpful. And basically leading up to that decision, I ended up going and spending some time with my mom um, just because I think a big part of this growth for me was reconnecting with her and sort of rebuilding our relationship and just spending some time, you just need time with your mom. And so yeah. that was great. And, uh, and then from there, I actually went and did a five day fast in the woods by myself um, because I just needed to be able to like truly get clarity and get to what my truth was. And I felt like with all these influences from the world and other people, it's creating too much noise in my head. And so, um, doing that, I, I had my phone off the whole time. I literally did not talk to a single person except I got a massage. Um, and it was scary at first. I remember still the first day going and just getting there and just like sitting on the couch and being like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do? Like, you know, you have the reaction of like, I'm lonely. Like I wanna pick up my phone and call someone or text someone, but nope, can't do that. Um, and so once I got past that part, um, actually I remember like the fourth or fifth day, I almost didn't want to leave because I was like, I don't know if I can re-enter into the world. Like you just get so used to like being, um, getting such clarity on, you know, who you are and what you want. And, um, for me, it was a very spiritual experience, like a lot of time in prayer and a lot of time walking in the woods. And it was one of the most life-changing experiences I've ever had. And it's definitely something that I'll incorporate moving forward. Um, maybe, you know, periodically doing just some like a silent retreat, doing some fasting, just to be able to get the clarity on those big decisions that you have to make in life. You mentioned counseling, and I know in my journey that was that was a game changer for me. Being able to mm -hmm. talk to somebody outside of my bubble that mm -hmm. would give me honest feedback about what I was thinking and and what was going on. Mm -hmm. How did that work for you? I found it also to be incredibly helpful. Um, I. And I think also finding the right counselor is important and the right style of counseling because it's going to be different for each person, what, what works and what fits best for you. And so, um, you know, I had been in couples counseling for quite a while 
Um, but I did do some more and I had, I had done some individual counseling back in like 2014, 2015, when I was at the height of competing really to help more, like mostly I, I did it to try to help with my performance and more like a sports psychology, but it was, you know, counseling on everything. And, um, so I did some more individual counseling this past fall, which I found to be helpful too. And just finding people who are going to ask the right questions to get you to think about things in a different way or help you to like identify what your thoughts and your patterns are and bring awareness to it um, has been, was helpful for me for sure. So the last thing I want to finish up with on your posts was probably the most helpful post you put out there. And that was the nine ways, Mm, the nine tools that you use to overcome all of this. Mm -hmm. And they were reading, meditation, breath work, positive thoughts, prayer, vulnerable letter writing, counseling, Mm -hmm. reconnecting with friends and time away from social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And there's more, I think there's probably even more. I probably wanted to put time in nature, but Instagram only has 10 10 little (laughs) squares that you can use. So I had to cut it down. Um, But yes, I mean, all of those things were incredibly helpful. And the one that we haven't, one that we haven't talked a lot about yet was the letter writing, which, and when you go through these things, I think there's a lot of commonalities in any, like you see a lot of commonalities in like AA or 12 step programs or just different spiritual development programs. Like there's a lot that comes from just being present from really like learning to bring awareness to what your thoughts are and who you are to be able to forgive yourself. Um, so for me, a lot of these things like we talked about before were identifying the blind spots that I had that led to my mistakes and forgiving myself for those. Um, and then um, really apologizing to people who I had hurt. Um, and so that's what a lot of that re- letter writing was, you know, apologizing to people that I have hurt in different ways um, or that have hurt me and kind of voicing that and healing those relationships. And so forgiving myself, um, forgiving others. Um, and then just really taking the time to reconnect with nature, to reconnect with um, kind of who you are on a deep level. So the other one I have questions about is the breath work. Mm, yeah. So yeah. Can so you explain breath, that a little bit? And I'm no expert in breath work, but I know it's one of these trends that's becoming more talked about and different people are doing different types of breath work. And um, for me, I learned a type called holotropic breathing, which I just had learned from a friend. It's basically like a pretty fast paced breathing um, and came up with this sort of um, process where you do that breathing for 20 to 30 minutes and then lead into a meditation. And I think it just enhances the meditation experience. Um, And so uh, for me, I found it to be really helpful and it was something it's it's sort of uncomfortable. It's not like a relaxing breath work, (laughs) but, and I never really looked forward to doing it, but after it and going into the meditation, it was just so much more enhanced and really peaceful and um, profound. And so initially, and I think people have all different types of experience with the holotropic breath work. There's a lot out there, videos and people talking about it. And some people have very sort of mystical experiences. Some people, it brings up a lot of emotion. And for me, the first time I did it, it actually brought up a ton of emotion um, just surrounding like certain relationships. And that's what led to me having some conversations with friends and family and writing letters and things like that. 
And so you, you talk about reconnecting with friends and, and things that you had kind of ignored for, the, for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that been like? What has that been like reconnecting with all of these people? Um, it's been amazing. And I would say all of these people, I would say it's not that many people, right? It's finding the, the, the few people who, you know, are your inner circle for me. That's what it's been about. The few people who, you know, are your inner circle and just investing in them and, um, knowing that like, I have people that have my back no matter what, and I have theirs, no matter what, it's an incredible feeling because I think previously I was very much of the attitude, like I got this. I'm fine. Like, even if I was struggling, like, I don't need help. I got it. I'll figure it out. I, you know, I don't want to bother you and realizing that it's okay to ask for help. And it's like, we need those people in our lives and in your inner, inner circle of those people that you can trust and you can tell anything. And they're always going to be there for you. Like we all need those people because we can't do it on our own. And when we have difficult times, um, we need to be able to sort of bounce ideas off of them and get their advice and be able to get to the, get to the right answer. And so to me, um, it's been a small number of people, but it's been really, really amazing just to reconnect with them and know that I have that, that inner circle of people that I can rely on. So I want to finish this up with, you know, as an outsider, I, I know you, but I, we're not like super close friends. (laughs) Your, your demeanor has changed so much. Um, oh. since all this has happened like that, the Julie Fouché smile, yeah. like it's back in all of your posts. <laughs> it's, you know, and you, you were more kind of a straight faced, um, for yes. a long time. And, um, I love that you're smiling all the time now. And, you know, we, I, we've talked a couple times in the last month mm-hmm. and, and you smile so much now and it's so cool. <laughs> well, thank you. That means a lot. And it has been really cool. I do feel So, you know, it's like, it's like you finally reconnect with who you are and like some, in a lot of ways, it makes me feel like going back to like, who was I as a little girl before I tried to like become whatever the world wanted me to become. And, and it does bring out this sort of inner joy and this glow. And, um, it's really cool when other people notice that, like people that don't even necessarily know what's been going on in my life, but they'll notice like, Hey, you're, I've never seen you smile so much, or you look really happy. Um, it does really mean a lot just to know that. Um, I'm projecting that out into the world too. I love the way you explained it as you feel like a little girl again. Yeah. That is, that is exactly <laughs> how I felt when the fog cleared. Like I felt youthful again. Like yeah. I just wanted to do so much um, mm-hmm. instead of just sit around. And so, wow. Oh, that, so that's cool. Cool, <laughs> cool way that you described that. Yeah. So my last question before we get to rapid fire is um, what does the future like look like for Julie? Wow. Well, um, I'm still trying to live it one day at a time and not get too tied to the outcomes, but I'm, I'm excited about the future of, there's a lot of things to be excited about. I'm excited about the future of CrossFit. I think that, you know, we're moving in the right direction and I would love to see it continue to grow and to be able to help so many more people. I think, um, I think that it's just such a special thing and I, I would love to see it. Do you still want to play Um, a role in that? Um, I think so. Potentially. I th- I don't know what that exactly what that role is going to be, but I would, you know, I always want to be involved with, with CrossFit in one way or another. Um, it's definitely a big part of my heart. And, and um, I feel like all the previous experiences that I have have sort of led me into um, wanting to play a role with it going future, going forward. 
Um, I'm excited about the future of medicine, even though it looks bleak sometimes. I'm excited about, I feel like we are really starting to reach a tipping point of people getting fed up with the system and realizing that we need to do things differently in order to create health. And so I'm excited about that. I think ultimately, you know, part of what made the, makes this sort of scary for me, all this whole, this whole process was, you know, I am 32 years old. I still really want to have a family and have kids. And I don't know if or when that's going to happen, but that's definitely something that I hope for and see in my future. Um, but I'm really, I'm just trying to still take it one day at a time and not, not let my, like, I still have my own sort of hopes and dreams, but I don't want to let, um, be too tied to those and just be sort of grateful and move forward and just do the best that I can every day and really try to do the right thing and know that it's going to turn out the way that it's supposed to. Awesome. So let's go ahead and start those rapid fire questions. I'm going to let you right, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not good at these. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first one I want to ask though, I, I have a feeling you've probably already said it or mentioned it with your nine things from um, Instagram, but um, what do you like to do to relax? Oh gosh. Well, yes. The things I mentioned, I love just being in nature. I love doing yoga. I love my favorite thing is just to be sitting in nature and especially on a lake. Like I grew up, my parents had a cottage on a lake and I just love being near water. So any of those things. Favorite competition you were ever in? Oh gosh, that's a really hard question. Uh, there's, there's so many great memories and great moments. Um, I think probably one of the invitationals just because there was so much fun. Maybe the last one I did, I think it was 2014. Um, just cause it's so much fun to be there with a team and especially in that environment, it was Team USA. And yeah, it was just a great time. So what's the best book you've read in the last year? Oh gosh, so many good books. I cannot even get started on this. Wow. Um, if I have to pick one. So the, I, it, this all started with The Alchemist. I read The Alchemist back mm. last July, um, which was amazing. And then um, I read a, a couple of books by Carolyn Miss. Um, she has two, one's called Sacred Contracts and one's called Anatomy of the Spirit that I really like. And I listened to them on audiobook, which is different than the written book. And I just loved those. They had a huge impact on me. And maybe a lot of these too are like the timing of when you read them and what's going yeah. on in your life and how it, how it hits you and how it affects you. Uh, and then I read this book recently called Beyond Ourselves. This is a really spiritual book, but it was profound. It's, it's written by Catherine Marshall back, I think in the 1960s. So it's an old book, but it's incredible. Um, you have, if you find it on Amazon, you get like, you find like a used copy, but they're out there. And I read Untamed recently by Glennon Doyle. Which oh yeah. That's... Everyone had said mm -hmm. <laughs> when all, through all my posts, I cannot even tell you how many comments of people said, you have to read Untamed. You have to. So I finally did. And of course it was, it resonated very deeply in a lot of ways with what I had just um, gone through. So that was yeah. good also. Um, favorite gymnastics discipline in college? Oh, well, so I didn't do gymnastics in college, but my favorite discipline was probably floor or vault. I was always more of a powerful athlete, not so graceful. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of power, then what would be your favorite lift? Oh, 
I like Snatch still. Um, I had a love-hate relationship with it, but when it's on, it's just such a beautiful Hey, list. I just got an email from you right now. Oh, <laughs> good timing. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Too bad it wasn't Scott's episode. Right. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> so my next one is, do you prefer early mornings or are you a night owl? Oh, early mornings for sure. Although I, you know, if I don't get to bed or I need sleep. So I'm not the kind of person who's going to just wake up early just for the sake of waking up early. I need my, my eight hours, but I'm definitely the kind of person that likes to go to bed early and wake up early. All right. Who's going to win the Ohio state versus Michigan game. Oh, come on. <laughs> I went to Michigan. I can't, <laughs> I can't even say that. Michigan's going to win. Of course. You, you, know, okay. you know, Amy went to Ohio state. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I figured. I figured. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in Ohio, or I lived in Ohio for nine years, so I got used to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, favorite cheat meal? Uh, chocolate. Anything chocolate? Chocolate ice cream. Chocolate ice cream with brownies. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is the tough one. What is the the most favorite level one course you ever taught? Oh, of course. Yours in Columbus in 2015. I knew it. (laughs) That was easy. (laughs) Come on, give me a harder question. (laughs) Um, This is my last one. Just your favorite nano ever. Oh, I thought they got better every time, actually. Uh, And I haven't tried the most recent ones. I'm not even sure what they're called or what number we're on, but they look really cool. Um, The one my size was on back order, but I'm excited to try those. So what color wave, what's the best color wave? Oh, always white. I have a thing with dark colored sneakers. I just don't like them. So (laughs) I always get white, (laughs) but they get dirty so easily, but I just love them. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's it for rapid fire. You're off, you're off the hook. Oh, you made it. (laughs) (laughs) Although we did ask for one book and you gave us 27. I I didn't answer (laughs) the way I was supposed to. (laughs) Just kidding. We love it. It's awesome. Gives us some ideas of some things to pick up and read. And Julie, it's always a pleasure to um, get to talk to you. Um, You know, you're, you're, you're my friend in the sport that I, that I first met back in 15 and, we just always seem to run into each other at different events. And I yes. hope COVID goes away soon and that we can uh, see each other at events in the future. Agreed. Definitely. Yes. I have loved getting to know you through different events and your level one and doing podcasts together. And so I'm grateful and thank you for having me on again. All right. Thank yeah. you. Have a great day. Bye. Thank Julie. you. You too. See you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale fitness and friends in partnership with The Morning Chalk Up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.